Welcome. You're listening to a worship podcast from St. Matthew's Episcopal Church. St. Matt's is a neighborhood church with a worldwide community located near the St. Paul campus of the University of Minnesota. We're a community of people invited by Christ to meet him at his table, in each other, and in our neighbors. As apprentices, we practice following the way of Jesus as expressed in the Anglican tradition in the power of the Spirit, so we can participate in God's healing of ourselves and the world. My name is Blair Pogue, and I'm the rector or lead pastor of St. Matthew's. This coming Sunday, August 22nd, is the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. Let's begin with a prayer. Jesus, you turned death into life, defeat into victory. Grant that with your help we may raise our expectations and achieve what is yet impossible. Amen. My sermon focuses mainly on scripture passages from Joshua and the letters to the Christians at Ephesus. So I'm going to read both of them today instead of the gospel lesson. The gospel lesson is John chapter 6, verses 56 through 69. And if you have time, I encourage you to read it on your own. A reading from the 24th chapter of Joshua, verses 1 through 2a and 14 through 18. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Now therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness, Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Now if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight. He protected us along the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed, And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. And now a reading from Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God, 
so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth about your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, Take the shield of faith, which which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly, as I must speak. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This powerful statement is made by Joshua, the leader who followed Moses, during an important moment in Israel's life. The Israelites are in the Promised Land. They are gathered at Shechem, one of their major shrines. They are remembering God's faithfulness over time and in the face of multiple challenges. Joshua wants his people to renew their covenant with Yahweh. Doing so requires forsaking other gods, their Mesopotamian ancestors' gods, the gods of the Egyptians, and the gods of the Amorites in the Promised Land. This is a dramatic turning point. Think about a time when you had to make a hard but important choice about your priorities and what you believed to be true. The whole Israelite community, surrounded by their leaders, recite the ways God has been faithful to them and declare that they will serve the Lord. In this context, Joshua's statement, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord, is moving. It's a here-I-stand moment. 
We're living in the United States when there is more polarization than at any other time since the Civil War. The stakes are extremely high, and many of us fear for the future of our country and the future of democracy. What will life in the United States be like in five or ten years? And will the people of this country be able to discern and inhabit a common future together that includes people of every background? This week, our newsfeed and newspapers have been packed with images of the Taliban entering Kabul on trucks carrying huge weapons and of people fleeing the Taliban and trying to get out of Afghanistan. My heart has been breaking as I think about all the Afghan translators and civil servants who worked with the United States and now feel abandoned. I worry for the women of the country and everyone who had an experience of what life with some freedom looked like. So, maybe Joshua's bold declaration and the martial language of the Ephesians' passage doesn't sound all that far off. The end of the letter to the Christians in Ephesus, which is in present-day Turkey, reads like a rousing battlefield speech. The writer sees a cosmic battle taking place between God and the forces that work against God and the people of God. It's time for the people of God to know where they stand and to stand and fight for the truth. But notice that the armor of God is not military gear, but the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit, meaning the word of God. This is not equipment that tears down, but builds up. Let's take a moment to unpack what the author of Ephesians calls the armor of God. For instance, what does truth look like? Is speaking the truth something we do humbly in love? Do we share how we see things? Or are we afraid to speak because we might incur someone's wrath? or harm a friendship? Do our actions testify to our words? Righteousness means being in right relationship with God and others, not self-righteousness. So how do we share what we believe with others? How do we treat others who see the world differently from us, especially if their beliefs threaten our identity? And what about the gospel of peace? 
Can there be spaces where people develop relationships and share different points of view respectfully? Is peace possible if we and our neighbors have completely different understandings of reality? The good news is that the armor of God comes from, you guessed it, God. The resources to love others and resist whatever is not of God are given to us by God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. God's ultimate goal is the reconciliation of all people to God and each other. And this is possible because, according to Ephesians, through Jesus' death, he has overcome the dividing wall between us. We are in the middle of an ongoing and difficult and exhausting conflict between the way of God, meaning the way of life, and the way of death. Thankfully, God has the last word and will be victorious. But right now, it doesn't always feel that way. Getting back to our passage from Joshua, which is about covenant renewal. Covenant renewal is about knowing what and whom we believe in and staking our lives on it, meaning forsaking other gods. The gods of the Mesopotamians, the Egyptians, and the Amorites did not liberate the Israelites. Yahweh was and is the God of liberation. I want to pause here to take a moment where you think about your core values, what you give your time, money, and energy to, whether or not what you give your time, money, and energy to are your professed core values or not. What is ultimate for you? in what can feel like a time of war. Jesus' ambassadors of light, life, reconciliation, hope, truth, righteousness, and peace, you, are needed more than ever. Bridge builders are needed because God usually works through relationships, and in my experience, brings transformation through relationships of mutual trust. I've seen God bring incredible change in people's lives because someone was patient and loving enough to stay in relationship with another person, even when they did and said things the other person found objectionable. If we walk away from challenging conversations and encounters, how can God work through us 
in today's gospel lesson, which I didn't read but strongly encourage you to read on your own, the crowd is initially attracted to Jesus because they see him as a Moses figure, someone who could work miracles and provide political victories. However, Jesus never offered his followers an easy life or an easy victory. The road of discipleship, of following Jesus and his way is long and hard, and especially in a time like ours. I believe it is the way of life, worth all the struggles, heartache, and difficult moments along the way. May today be an important moment of decision for all of us. In the silence that follows, I want you to think about one person with whom God might be calling you to build a relationship of trust, even though they see the world differently. Amen. Let us pray together one last time. I invite your prayers for friends, family, and those who are alone. I invite your prayers for countries, places, and people you are concerned about. I invite your prayers for those who are ill and suffering. I invite you to pray for this fragile earth, our island home. I invite your thanksgivings. I invite you to pray for those who have died. Give us courage to hope and to risk disappointment. Teach us to pray expectantly, and when our prayers seem to fail, bring us to pray again and again, for you are our God who acts and will act again. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
and the blessing of God Almighty, Creator, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. God bless.